G'day everyone and welcome to the Doctor Who Show's Hot Takes. This week we're looking at Fugitive of the Jadoon. I'm Rob. I'm Dave. And here we are, Dave. So much to talk about this episode written by Vinay Patel. And I noticed Chris Chibnall gave himself a co-credit on it as well. Yes, he has a bit of a habit of doing that. Rob, it's good to speak to you for another hot take in the week where the uh, nonsense Doctor Who Twitter storm was fans complaining there was too much publicity and hype for Doctor Who this week. (laughs) Fandom, you can't win. (laughs) No, it was utterly ridiculous. Uh, Shall we get into our brief thoughts on this, Dave? I'll go first. You know, okay. I'll, I'll stick my neck out and I'll say that I think that was quite simply the most story-driven, story-centric, meaty episode of the Chibnall era, hands down. It's still not a classic to me, but I think there was some guts to this. There was some meat. Basically, there was something to chew on. It felt like something substantial was there. Something is actually happening. And I liked it. I'm in pretty much total agreement there, Rob. Oh, really? I, I really enjoyed this episode. And I have to say it is probably the best of the Chibnall era so far, which is a you know, good good thing for Vinay Patel because he had you know one of the, if not the best episodes last season. So mm. he's, he's kind of dominating the Chibnall era for me at the moment. There are other episodes of the Chibnall era that I have really appreciated, really respected. Demons of the Punjab, for example, Kablam, for example. I, I enjoyed them and I respected them, but this I enjoyed on a whole other level. I was just sitting back watching this episode, just grinning, just going, this is really cool, being blown away by some of the surprises and the revelations, getting into the story, and I'm going, what, what's, what's the twist here? What's going on here? And yeah, just, yeah. just it just absorbed me in a way that the Chimnilera hasn't before, and that makes me a very happy fan. <laughs> did it feel like, I don't know if we can say this, but did it feel like you were watching a Virgin New Adventure or, or one of the, uh, you know, just one of the Doctor Who novels that's come out over the last 20 years, the novels that try and do interesting things and twisty things and it just, because it just felt so much more to me than a regular episode of, of Chibnall's Who. That's a really good analogy, actually. Yes, it does remind me very much of that. They were twists that carried me along as opposed to, and I'm going to have a dig at the Stephen Moffat here, here apologies, but, but Stephen Moffat would often put in twists and I'd go, really? Mm. What, what, what's that about? Mm, whatever. <laughs> Whereas this time I'm going, oh, wow, what's that about? So, yeah. uh, and, and horses for courses. Like if you, if you like the, 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 the Moffat stuff better and, and that works for you, that, yeah, no, great, that's fine. Um, this worked for me in a really substantive way. Um, can I make another very broad and general point, Rob? Yes, please. One of my regrets being a fan is that thought that I would never get an Earthshock Part 1 moment. And I've always wondered what it must have been like to be a Doctor Who fan in the early 80s and just tune on one night to an episode called Earthshock and just be going, okay, this is a kind of an interesting adventure. Those androids are cool. Oh my God, it's the Cybermen! Like, <laughs> You know, you know, I've been a member of a Doctor Who club since I was seven. I've read magazines and fanzines and, mm. and podcasts, and, and I've kind of regretted that in this day and age, I'm never going to know, you know, be surprised that the Daleks turn up or the Davros turns up or, or you know, the, 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 the spoiler men were coming in. Uh, this episode, I felt like this was my Earthshock part one on at least two occasions. And so yeah. that really pleases me. And indeed, between watching the episode and sitting down to record this podcast in the couple of moments in between i sent a quick message to some friends of mine that i know are watching doctor who sort of a bit at a bit of a slower pace than we are Mm. and i just said look episode five is really good 
I don't care if you skip episodes three and four, watch episode five before you're spoiled. Yes, absolutely. So it goes without saying, if you're listening to us without having seen the episode, please turn please up now. <laughs> go and watch it now. <laughs> yeah, don't try and live it vicariously through us thinking, oh yeah, the guys can tell me what happened. No, 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 no. Please go and watch it. Please. All right, with that out of the way, there are two elephants in the room to talk about. These are spoilerific, Dave, Jack, or the Doctor. <laughs> Let, let's go in chronological order, or, or at least broadcast order. So let's go with Jack. And once again, they've kept something secret. Yeah, I was amazed by that. Clearly he was only in the studio for a day on one set, and they, they've you know done his whole stuff in a few hours. Um, so that's how they got John Barrowman. But that was a really good surprise and he was really good and uh, look I'm, I'm a big captain jack fan i think i've said that before i i love the character from the first time i saw him and i, I i'm you know etc etc i love, love captain jack yeah. and and he was great here and that worked really well patel got the character exactly right he got the wit and the humor exactly right he got the flirtatiousness just right and it, it wasn't that like writing jack by cliche it was just writing a character and letting John Barrowman be Jack. Oh, absolutely. And and towards the end, there was that line that he's cheesy, but good cheesy. So there was a bit of meta going on in there. Oh, this was great, Dave. But you're right. I think he was only on the set for the one day. They must have known this, though, because clearly they'd written the episode to have the companions off somewhere else doing something else because the Doctor and Ruth were off on their own. But some of the pickup photography of Ryan's reaction to him talking didn't always fit. And I thought, yeah, I think they've recorded some of the companion stuff after Barrowman's left the studio. Because at one point, Barrowman was just totally going for it, saying, you know, the, the nanogenes are coming. And they cut to Ryan, and Ryan's just sort of dumbly staring into space. And I thought, yeah, that hasn't been done quite so well. But the fact that Jack was there and delivering the lines, oh, oh Dave, so happy. Yeah, it was really good. And indeed, that interaction that he had with Ryan, just those couple of lines. Uh, and then when he turned around and said, oh, you're my favourite, I thought, yes, this is my Jack. I get him. <laughs> Yeah, just just wonderful. And and you're right, they they kept this a secret. I, I love how we're... This isn't Star Wars, where you sort of know everything going in. We're actually getting real surprises, and I love that. Yeah, I, I do too. It makes watching the show so much more exciting, and I, I don't think I've been this surprised by an episode, and this could be hyperbole, but I'm, I'm tempted to say ever. Ever in New Who or All of Who? Well, Ever. Um, maybe, wow. maybe the cliffhanger to um, Stolen Earth would be up there. I mean, that was a big, like, wow moment, but it didn't really pay off. Mm. I'm struggling to think of when I've been more surprised and just blown away by revelations in Doctor Who. And look, I'm sure given time I'll think of some, but right now it's a contender forever. Yeah, folks, these hot takes, literally, it's about 20 minutes for me since we saw the episode, Dave. I'm, I'm thinking it's probably similar for you. Yep. So thoughts are just buzzing around my head, and we'll, we'll particularly get to that when we start fleshing out uh, Ruth Clayton, or the Doctor, in a moment. But, uh, gosh. <laughs> well, let's talk about Ruth Clayton, or the Doctor. I think our listeners are probably waiting to hear what we have to say about this. I was blown away by the revelation. It was a revelation done perfectly in that... You could just start to feel it coming. And then just as your mind started to join the dots and go, hang on, this mm. is... It then gave you the revelation. So I thought the timing was perfect. And now the actress who plays her, is it Joe Martin? Yes. How good was she? Because 
I've got to tell you, when she walked out of that lighthouse and said, I'm the Doctor, I bought it. I absolutely bought it. Her portrayal was so powerful and convincing that there was never a moment of me going, yeah, really? It was like, okay, she's the Doctor. I get this. Frankly, Mm. and I hate to say this, because Jodie's doing so well now, but when I look at Jodie's first couple of episodes, she got there faster than Jodie did, a lot faster than Jodie did. I completely agree with you. In fact, they were standing side by side and I was thinking, yes, yes, I buy that this is the Doctor. I know there's probably going to be some sort of twist, which I'm, I'm going to get to in a moment. I know there's something going on, but dot, 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 I'm buying it regardless. Yes, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So yeah, look, it, it, as I said a moment ago, this is still so fresh to me. I'm, I'm still, you know, neurons are buzzing in my head and I'm, I've still not formed my opinions properly. But I think alternate universes are coming to mind. Because the thing is, I don't think the current show has the right, and probably doesn't want to, overwrite Doctor Who lore. I think the Hartnell Doctor grew up on Gallifrey, and he was the Doctor who ran away the end. I don't think they want to mess with that, but maybe in an alternate universe, things happened differently. The Doctor even had a line, you know, time is swirling around me, or or something to that effect. So I think something might be happening with maybe alternate universes, perhaps, where this other Doctor is completely legit, but it doesn't change the timeline we know. You know, I think it's having its cake and eating it too somehow. Yeah, I suspect that's the case. As I said a while ago when we were talking about the rumour that there were doctors before Hartnell and all the rest of it, mm. I said that you know, nobody's going to be happy with that because fans of the original doctors aren't going to want Hartnell sort of undermined as the original doctor and, all, and, and that history changed. But in the same way, fans of Jodie Whittaker, who put her on a pedestal quite rightly as the first female doctor and if you turn around and go yeah actually she's just another female doctor like that undercuts jody and and no no showrunner is going to want their lead undercut in that way so i think that yeah there is some sort of you know i mean i mean at the, at the time when the dc television world is doing crises on infinite earth etc mm. and you know where we've, we've got well, actually, I won't go any further because spoilers. I don't know how many people are <laughs> up to date with that. Um, but, but you know, that, that, that is very much in the zeitgeist at the moment and that could be a very good explanation or something we haven't even thought of. And, and Rob, to be perfectly honest, as it was happening, a part of my fan brain started to go, okay, is this that? Is it that? Is it that? And then I've gone, no, no, you've enjoyed being unspoilt now. Don't spoil yourself. Don't, don't try and overthink it. Just let this season flow over you. Um, but a question back to you, Rob. Yeah. Do you think that it is just pure coincidence that in the few days before this episode aired they reveal that Jody signed a contract for season three? Oh that that's a really good yeah it may just be coincidence but it, it may also be to a to a lie fears that well not fears but thoughts perhaps that this really is a new doctor. I mean we've seen this before, haven't we, in that tenant Christmas special, you know, the next doctor. Yeah. Where, where it was like, oh, here is the next Doctor. And, and no, there was a twist there as well. I, I sort of get that vibe somehow. I don't think it'll be the same same thing. Clearly, this is someone who has a TARDIS. This is someone who knows Gallifrey and other Time Lords. You know, we had another Time Lord in the episode, for heaven's yeah. sake. Uh, so this is real. But how has it happened? That's the question. And the other thing is that I suspect that a lot of what was set up in this episode isn't actually just to be paid off in the second half of this season, but this is going to be the next season and a half. And by announcing that Jodie is doing a third series, they're saying, hey, hang on, Jodie could be here for another year or more. So 
don't necessarily expect that Captain Jack will be back in the next five episodes, or that the Master will be back in the next five episodes now, or that Gallifrey will be solved, or that we'll find the Timeless Child, or that we'll meet the Lone Cyberman. I think that's their way of saying, you've got at least another year of Jodie, so mm. just just chill. It's not all going to be done in the next five episodes, guys. And, and, and I've certainly gone now from a absolute certainty the Master will be back in the end of this series to maybe he comes back at the end of next series, and this is a much longer game being played by Chibnall than we perhaps first realised. I completely concur that it's a longer game and some stuff will tip over to the next series. I do feel that, although I would say, with regard to the Cyberman, we've seen what is possibly the lone Cyberman in footage for this series, so I think that might pay off. But other stuff, yeah, absolutely, I think this is this is a long game in some ways. Yes, I, I agree. It could be that now the Cybermen are the big bad for the end of the series and the Master and Gallifrey will be pushed back another series and that is a longer game and that 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 is really quite intriguing to me and and once again i come back to a comment i made a few hot takes ago where all the things that we as individuals and i speak i guess we in terms of greater fandom criticize chibnall for he's just coming back and going you want this stuff fine have this stuff you know you want old stuff all right i'm giving you the master i'm giving you gallifrey i'm giving you captain jack i'm going to give you another doctor thrown in there i'm going to give you the cyberman i'm going to give you the jadoon oh and by the way we've got a two-year series arc going on with lots of adventure and excitement you wanted that stuff kids here you go have it with chocolate topping on top (laughs) and look with regard to cyberman if anyone wants to know how much i like them go back and listen to our special on the cyberman i love them so i am just wrapped that they're coming back dave daleks also got a mention in this story and i've got to go back and and watch this scene again myself but didn't one of the companions react like they hadn't met a dalek towards the end and i thought what what about resolution there was a dalek in that yeah, I must admit I forgot about Revolution as well, so that's interesting. I've got to go back and, and listen to that line again. Yeah, yeah. Um, likewise, um, I did a very quick Twitter check just in the minutes between watching and, and recording. I just wanted to go and see what a couple of um, Doctor Who fans that I follow uh, said. Um, not not so much podcasters, but just like normal common or garden Doctor Who fans that I, I make a point mm-hmm. of following on, fa- on on Twitter and seeing what they do. Um, firstly, I think it says something about my particular Twitter fans that they went completely nuts over Captain Jack. Uh, but there's also <laughs> a photo going around from inside the lighthouse of what looks like a Dalek skirt hidden in one of the shots. So I don't know whether that's just somebody seeing something that's not there, you know, fandom seeing what it wants to see, or there's something bigger there. I need to go have a look at that as well. Oh, look, there was a, uh, a production still from Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror that looked like there was a Dalek drawn on the blackboard in the background. I, I pulled that one up and threw it around on Twitter. Uh, clearly it wasn't. So, yeah, sometimes we do see things like that. Dave, I do want to talk about this, uh, this Doctor again, this new Doctor that we have. I do want to say, again, I think this has got to be from an alternate universe. This is a note I made that, you know, I don't think having a pre-first Doctor Doctor who was living on Earth with a cloaked memory. It just doesn't really fit, even, I think, for open-minded people. I think people like to believe that the Hartnell Doctor was the one who ran away from Gallifrey. So for that reason, I just keep coming back to this alternate universe thing. You know, there's, there's just got to be something to it, some way in, in which this can be real and yet different to the established timeline and canon that we know. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Uh, but, but again, 
I'm trying not to think about it too hard because I, I actually don't want to be proved right or wrong. I kind of, now, now that I'm enjoying this ride, I kind of just want to have this ride. What do you think of Ruth's TARDIS? Oh, oh I loved it so much. And, and, and once again, I had that moment where they, I thought, okay, they're going inside the TARDIS and, and my mind's going at a million miles an hour. What's her console room going to look like? Are they going to try and do an even more advanced console room? They couldn't afford... And then I've gone, oh, what? oh my God, they're going to do the original again, aren't they? And they did, mm. and I just went, oh, oh my God. I just went squee. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really a squee person, as you know, Rob, but that was a no. very, squee, very, very squee moment for me. I I just love that console room so much, and it, it's, it looks so good. Yeah, agree. I want to throw up an interesting topic here, Dave, on haters, because I haven't gone out there and looked on social too much. Before the episode, I had the sense something big was happening. Since the episode went out, I simply went on Twitter and said, well, I think Dave and I have got a lot to talk about, and I started seeing some likes come in. That's the extent of what I've seen out there. However, I know over the past few months that one YouTube channel in particular, I'm not going to name them, has been talking about having a timeline of all women doctors pre-Hartnell, and wouldn't that be terrible you know it ties into that rumor that we'd heard that there had been doctors pre-hartnell etc now the guy saying this was triggered by jody being the doctor a woman doctor so terrible now that there could be a bunch of them and this one's played by a black woman no less i think he's going to probably spontaneously combust uh, now mm. the 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 only area i go remotely close to agreement with a fella like this on is with regard to the timelines and such I think as fans, we want to believe that the past is the past. However, we've had the master saying that everything we know is wrong. So I do think everything's in play at the moment. And I, I'm, I'm just thinking of what some of those haters are going to be saying out there. They're, they're just going to be hating on this so bad. But it was so good. Oh, I, I think that um, some parts of social media and YouTube for the next week will be horrific places to go. Yes. Uh, given, given the outright misogyny that we saw with the casting of Jodie Whittaker... I really do shudder to imagine the misogyny combined with, let's be honest, racism that we could potentially see uh, with this revelation. Mm-hmm. Whereas personally, I, I, I'm going to be very, very honest and, and, and you know bear my soul here, Rob. Yeah. I always was a little bit worried when I didn't buy into Jodie's Doctor straight away. There, there was a part of me that says, I hope this isn't some sort of me having a problem with a woman as the Doctor or that I've been brought up in such a way that I just can't cope with a female lead. I thought, no, 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 I don't think that's right. You know, I love Servalan and I love Princess Leia and Romana mm. and all these things. I don't think that's right. And I just find it so personally reassuring that I bought into Ruth's Doctor so instantly. I've gone, no, it really is just problems with the actress and the writing. It's not that at all. Because I did. I just bought Ruth's Doctor immediately. I loved her. I got her. I thought she was amazing, strong. Everything, everything I wanted a Doctor, she did in the space of 20 minutes. And I was blown away by that. And I've got to say, given all of the stuff that's blown around fandom that made me doubt myself a little bit sometimes, I'm incredibly pleased about that. Do you think the fact she's cut from slightly different cloth to the Doctor, you know, waving around a gun, booby-trapping a gun, you know, having a job on the run from the Jadoon, etc., etc., do you think that's setting up the fact that, again, something different is going on here? It does, but... I found that the most Doctorish moments were the ones that weren't the one with the gun. You know, her, the, her interaction with Jodie in the TARDIS, or the bit where she slings the gun and it's out of shot, and she's just saying, "I'm the Doctor, and I travel in the TARDIS," and, and and all that sort of stuff. So, 
I thought that the doctorish moments were clearly there and she was clearly defined by them. And then mm. you're absolutely right, Rob. They put on top of that her sort of acting in a way that we wouldn't normally expect the Doctor to. And that added a level of mystery and and kind of desperation. I mean, there is some memory there of John Hurt in mm. Day of the Doctor where you go, you know, when things get to a, a desperate stage, the Doctor may, sometimes does things that are not Doctorish. But even there was a moment when uh, the Ruth Doctor was carrying the gun and um, the actual Doctor made a, a comment to her. I actually got echoes of the Fourth Doctor and Sarah Jane Smith in Seeds of Doom where he, he picks up a gun to go and confront Chase and Sarah's like, you'll never use it. And he's like, yes, but they don't know that. Yes. Uh, that was that was the vibe I got from her carrying the gun. It wasn't, she's going to go in there and blow them away Arnold Schwarzenegger style. It was that this, this is how I can start from a place of strength. And then she actually hands the gun over and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I didn't have a problem with that at all. It did, however, as you say kind of raise the interest levels yeah i had the sense that she'd booby trapped it, especially when she was saying you know don't fire it you really don't want to fire it you know they were, i think that was signaling it pretty loud and clear that was very well signaled I, I saw that coming a mile off i think most people would have good oh now before we get to the sports desk dave any comments on the tardis team i only have one on yaz and it's probably for your benefit yaz got to use her policing this week <laughs> yeah i thought they were really well used in their plot mm. once again though Jody, phenomenal performance. She's getting better every week this season. But she got jo- Jody. Jody and the Doctor carried an entire main plot between them. Uh, the companions basically got to go and meet Captain Jack and and feed him lines for exposition. Now mm. they did it really well. Graham's initial meeting with Jack was so good. <laughs> Ryan's interaction with Jack was so good. You're right. Yaz actually got to you know be a, be a proper policewoman and and do that. So very well written, but. Again, you write them out of this story, other than, you know, Captain Jack would have had to get them his measures through another way. We don't really see them. So, Rob, I've got a couple of points before we go to the sports desk. The first of them is that the tone on this was really quite interesting because there were some very funny and amusing moments, but then there were some also really dark moments. And the, the death count, particularly the casual death count, was more than we've come to expect from the Chibnall years. And I found that really interesting. And the second is, once again, there was just a little bit too much dialogue exposition. I spoke last week about Chibnall needing to use the red pen. And I say that again, there was just a little bit too much of, Jody. you've really got to tell me what's going on here. Now you've really got to tell me what's going on here. Now come on, really tell me what's going on here. She did that a little bit too often. And we even got that line about... Um, <laughs> The Jadoon have got us in a tractor beam. Once again, we can see that. We know what a tractor beam is. We can see it dragging the TARDIS up to the ship. We don't need all this dialogue. So once again, an episode mm. I really enjoyed, but 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 Chibnall, I'm going to send you a red pen and you're going to need to use, use it. <laughs> Very good. All right, Dave, uh, why don't we uh, take that red pen and go to the sports desk? Let's go. David, the sports desk where we look at the MVP of the week, foul of the week, and play of the week. Dave, your MVP of the week, please. I am going to give it to Vinay Patel because the script he crafted was funny, exciting, amazing, well written. He he wrote Jody's Doctor 
better than I think anybody else has once again. Uh, You know, everything that I want in this was delivered. And although John Barrowman was great in his performance, Jodie was great in her performance, I want to say, you know, I'm very tempted to give it to Joe Martin for all the reasons I've spoken about, but all of them come from the script. And having been a little critical, having been critical of scripts for the last season and a half, to deliver on this scale, I, I think it would be very churlish not to give it to Vinay Patel. That's really good. That's really good. And I was so tempted to give it to Vinay as well, because you're right, as you said earlier in the episode, he wrote Demons of the Punjab, which was excellent. He wrote this, albeit with some input from Chris, it seems. This is excellent. What a great writer we've got there in Vinay. But I'm actually going to give it to Jodie Whittaker, because I think Jodie is finally being given stuff she can act with. Jodie had some wonderful scenes in this. Jodie got to act, full stop. And that's a great thing. And I do love seeing this Doctor just have that darker edge and not be the children's television presenter. I don't think that does the show any favours at all when she's all, Hi fam, what are we doing today? Ha <laughs> ha! You know, and just being goofy as hell 24-7. It just, no, the show's better than that. And when Jodie acts, oh my God, it is fantastic. So Jodie Whittaker for me. Yeah, I totally agree. Look, I think our two players of the week there dovetail very, very nicely. Mm. Um, Foul of the week, Rob. Dave, my foul of the week is the use of the Jadoon. I know we had some conversation about this in our last uh, hot take, but to me, they're such comedy aliens and they try and make them menacing. Like when they shoot the old old lady who runs away from them, they shoot the guy who pushes him in the, uh, in the cafe and so on. But they still don't work for me. I think if these had been like uh, CIA agents, and by that, folks, I mean Celestial Intervention Agency agents, or even, I don't know, Bannermen or something. Okay, maybe that's old, too old school and fanish. But I just think a different enemy here just could have made this a lot scarier and even darker and more real somehow the use of the june it always just makes doctor who feel like a sarah jane adventures to me and i know doctor who's a kid's show and i know i sound like a sad old middle-aged man but i would have liked to have seen a different enemy uh, i'm going to agree and disagree with you there rob mm-hmm. i quite like the use of the june here i think they would have been very exciting for kids who grew up watching uh the tenant era so i, I get that I thought they did add a little bit of menace to it, but I also thought they were a really good bluff in that I walked in here thinking, well, if this is a Jadoon story, it's probably going to be very light and fluffy and Sarah Jane-esque. So when it wasn't, it was perhaps an even bigger play. So I I like that, but I totally see where you're coming from. But I'm going to agree because a moment you just mentioned is my foul of the week. And that is the instant with the Jadoon and the old lady, because I must admit that was the one moment of the episode where I've just gone, oh, come on. The moment when the Jadoon arrived, I thought, okay, this old lady's going to be the one that stands up to them and goes, well, you can't be here. Like, nobody does that. <laughs> you know, in, in, the, in the age we live in of terror incidents and never mind alien invasions, nobody in the mm. middle of people coming in shooting walks up to them and says, don't do that. And, and like, that only happens in bad fiction. It's yeah. completely unrealistic. It, it, it came very close to taking me out of the moment. I knew from the moment I saw it that, you know, it was going to end with her being shot. It was just, it was so fake and so forced that I just thought, if this was a bad episode, that would be the moment I've gone, right, I'm out of here. You've, you know, you've lost me. Fortunately, this episode was so good that I got through it. Yeah. But it was, it was a fake moment. 
Yeah, agree. Play of the week, Dave. What was yours? Look, there are so many options. Um, I think all the revelations uh, are probably contenders. Uh, the, the I'm the Doctor moment, the TARDIS moment, the console room moment. But I'm going to be very, very personal here and say Captain Jack, particularly his first interaction with Graham, I just was really excited. He's a favourite character. I love him. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed John Barrowman for a long time for many reasons. So I'm going to be personal and say, play of the week, the moment Captain Jack's revealed. Snap. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm an unabashed Captain Jack fan, and to have him back and delivering Captain Jack-esque lines, to have him kissing Graham on the mouth, um, all of it, fantastic. And I do hope they can have him back. As you say, it might not be in this series, but I do hope they get him back to actually liaise with the Jodie Whittaker Doctor. When he had that line, oh, I've got to see this, when he found out that the Doctor's now female, I thought that that was going to happen and that would be great. Obviously, we'll have some uh, delayed gratification on that. Otherwise, oh, just sensational to have him back. Yeah, it would be utterly cruel to just show in our minds how wonderful Jack meeting Jodie's Doctor would be and never pay that off. That would just be nasty and cruel and horrible. Mm. So I don't think that they would do that to us. Um, and, you know, look, I want to see more of Jack and uh, Tosin Cole, frankly. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> to summarise the episode, Dave, do you want to go first or will I? Uh, look, I'll, I'll just say best episode of the season, um, probably the best episode of the Chimnal Era for so many reasons. I just hope that the controversies don't drown out the fun and the excitement of this one over the next week and the coming weeks. Agree on all counts. There's something good going on here. There's there's meat to get chewing down on. Like I said earlier, it's just great. I'm going to throw a 9 out of 10 at this, Dave. Yeah, I was sitting at a 9 for a lot of it. There are a few moments there where I was looking at it being a 10 then there was a little bit too much exposition and I went back to a 9 where I kind of settled and then I saw the old console room and I've gone that's worth another half a mark so a 9.5 for me oh that's very high it's very high but I'm very excited you know at times I even dipped into the 8s on this but I thought you know this is better than Spyfall and I gave Spyfall an 8 so I've got to go 9 absolutely look look absolutely and it's becoming a bit of a cliche on our part now that I'm curious as to how this is going to feel by the time we get to the end of the season. Mm. I, I know, as a fan of Babylon 5, for example, there are episodes of Babylon 5 that at the end of the first viewing, I was like, wow, that's amazing, that's a 9 or a 10. And then after the third or fourth viewing, when you, you, know, you know what the revelations are and you know what the spoilers are, you go, actually, without that excitement, this is only a 6. Uh, I don't think that's the case here, but it will be interesting to see how this one ages. And when you know Jack's coming, when you know who the Doctor is, when you know what's going on, whether it's a little bit less, less good. But no, I think the writing, the acting is going to stand the test of time on this one. Fantastic. Well, folks, next week we've got an episode called Praxius. I don't know much about it, but based on this one, I'm just hoping the story does continue. And it's not one of those times where you have this big episode and loads of stuff happens. And then in the next episode, it's like nothing happened at all. And they're just off on some little trip somewhere. I hope this starts to really ramp up now for the second half of the series, because we're halfway through now. Uh, I would be okay if the narrative was different. I think that mixing lots of standalones into a season is good, but I hope that the tone and Jodie's performance and the way that Jodie is written continues. And we have seen a little bit of that. I, I think they tried it with 
Orphan 55, but it then fell apart. Mm. Um, you know, it, it opened with Jodie being broody and, and, and confused and worried, but then that was completely lost. If, if they can continue Jodie's vibe, I think that's probably more important to me than the narrative right now. All right, well, we shall see. But until then, I've been Rob. And I've been Dave. We'll see you next week with Praxius. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Doctor Who Show, the podcast where too much Doctor Who is barely enough. Subscribe to us on iTunes or listen through the website at www.thedwshow.net. Write to us at hello at thedwshow.net or send us a quickie on Twitter at thedwshow. Facebook.com forward slash thedwshow is also a good place to find us if you're so inclined. Our version of the Doctor Who theme arranged by George Locke. Look him up on YouTube, folks. This podcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Doctor Who, all names and sounds, and any other related items are trademarks and or copyrights for the BBC. All other trademarks and trade names are properties of their respective owners. The official Doctor Who website can be found at www.bbc.co.uk forward slash Doctor Who. Thank you.